now you have uh, health and school officials telling students to come to class with blankets and winter coats. Students are worried about their toes going numb. Teachers are worried about uh, kids being too cold to learn. In St. Louis, many public school districts are just beginning to bring students back for in-person instruction. But in Germany, things look much different. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. Hi, I'm Alex Hoyer, executive producer for St. Louis on the Air. Before today's episode, I want to take a moment to say thank you for listening and choosing this podcast. Our team works hard to provide nuance on the news that shapes your life and your community. We wouldn't be able to do this without your support. The money you give to St. Louis Public Radio helps fund this podcast. So please go to stlpr.org donate and give an amount that works for you. Your contribution, along with that of your neighbors, is what fuels St. Louis on the air. We're really grateful. And again, that website is stlpr.org donate. And thanks. German schools were in session last spring. They resumed in-person instruction again in August, and not just for little kids either. St. Louis Public Radio education reporter Ryan Delaney is in Germany for one month. That's thanks to the Education Writers Association and the Pulitzer Center. And he joins us now from Berlin to discuss what he's learned. So, Ryan Delaney, guten Tag. <laughs> guten Tag. How are you? Wie geht's? So how is life in Germany these days compared to what you left behind in St. Louis? Does it feel more or less restricted than here in the States? I would say less. It feels more bustling, uh, almost to the point where it was an adjustment for me just to be uh, back on crowded streets and in crowded public transportation. Uh, life, for the most part, for now, is uh, pretty back to normal, just obviously with, with masks. Hmm. So when you're on those crowded streets, are you seeing um, uh, excellent mask compliance? Uh, well, you, you see people having them in their hands at the ready. So if they walk into a store or get onto a bus or a train or a tram, uh, they have to put them on. Uh, so uh, less when they're just out walking down the sidewalk, um, but you know, ready to put them on if they go inside any place. Okay. So what we're hearing here um, in American media coverage is that they're beginning to see a bit of an upward swing again. Is that on the minds of, of many Germans that you've spoken to? Yes. So numbers here, daily case numbers are actually now a bit higher than the peak in late March and April. Hmm. Uh, they've come right back up from uh, in the triple digits, hundreds of cases a day back in, in July and August uh, to six, seven, eight thousand cases a day. Um, that's still lower than European neighbors of Germany. Uh, things are worse in the United Kingdom, for example. But um, you're, you're hearing uh, Chancellor Angela Merkel really plead with people to stay home again as much as possible. Uh, people are putting, uh, politicians, government leaders are putting restrictions on nightlife again. And actually a, a small district in the very far southeast corner of Germany in Bavaria has actually gone back into a two-week lockdown, the first kind of widespread lockdown that Germany has seen since the spring. Hmm. So this is all happening even as schools there are open. Um, and they started classes back up again for the most part in August. How has that been going? That's been going fairly well. Uh, even some of the restrictions that were in place when 
some kids came back to school in the spring and when kids uh, returned at large in, in August, even some restrictions about uh, one-way traffic in hallways or staggered schedules or masks having to be worn constantly uh, have eased back. Hmm. And now school uh, the schools that I have been into look really normal. Students have to put masks on when they get up to walk around the classroom or they're out in the halls. Uh, teachers, same thing, if they're moving around, have to wear masks. Uh, in most cases, masks uh, at other times you know, are, are optional. If a kid or a teacher wants to keep a mask on, they can. Um, but there's not uh, the, the desk spacing out. There's not the temperature checks. A lot of the things that were very much on, uh, on the conversations of, of education leaders back in the U.S., a lot of that has sort of faded away as they have seen that schools are not these big vectors of virus spread. Um, so they feel like schools are, are, are safe places for kids to be. Okay, so that is what I was going to ask you about. As you say, they're really uh, paring back some of these these safety measures, yet they haven't seen outbreaks, even with them not requiring masks full time. Yeah, and uh, you know we've actually you're you're seeing that in the U.S. too. I think it was New York City just did a big uh, testing survey of students there. Now that they've gone back, um, it has surprised some epidemiologists that I have spoken to how low it's been. Um, but uh, somebody I talked to at a university who surveyed uh, students back in the spring and then again in the fall has found that kids are not getting sick in school. That's not to say that teachers and uh, students are not contracting the virus. They're just not contracting it or spreading it at school. Hmm. It's interesting um, that that there they're doing so well and they've been back for so long. I'm wondering if you have a sense of the political landscape there, if, if teachers unions were opposed to returning in the way that in many big cities they were so vehemently opposed here in the U.S., I don't know if it's been quite the same level of uh, fervor, the quite the same combative nature, but uh, I have spoken to a lot of teachers and some teachers unions, and it's not kumbaya between them and the education ministries. Uh, teachers union in uh, northwest Germany, in the Cologne, Dusseldorf, uh, some of those cities, that union is uh, told me that they don't feel like they've been really listened to by um, the education ministry and uh, teachers unions also say that a lot of the requirements and health guidance has come very late and without a lot of their input. Hmm. Uh, So schools in Berlin had only a couple of days before school resumed in August to make sure that they we're meeting a lot of the requirements that uh, were put in place for when schools resumed. Okay, so that's one thing that sort of carries across from the U.S. to Germany is, is teachers are feeling like maybe there's not quite enough attention to their needs in all of this. But they did go ahead and, and resume there quite a bit earlier. You mentioned one part of Bavaria, they're now um, looking at a two-week lockdown there. Would that mean the schools would close during that time? Yes, that's my understanding. Uh, Closed for all but children of uh, essential workers, basically. Okay. So even when they're closing the schools, they're keeping them open for some kids, at, at least in that setup there. Yeah, they are. And when uh, I mentioned that there have been uh, cases found among school children and teachers, and what happens in those cases is uh, very targeted quarantines. Obviously, that student who initially tests positive and has to stay home, uh, any students that 
health officials feel like may have interacted with that student. So that could be depending on uh, how quickly this is caught. A few students, a whole class, a, a grade level. Um, and for the most part, these uh, quarantines are kept fairly isolated. There have been instances where it has spread enough that a whole school has had to basically close down because maybe there's not enough teachers uh, who are uh, not under quarantine to be able to come to school. So, mm-hmm. or uh, just teachers are, are very outnumbered. <laughs> if uh, you know, so uh, it, it's not working perfectly 100% of the time. But um, you know, for the most part, they've been able to through these targeted measures to keep schools uh, chugging along. We're talking today to St. Louis Public Radio education reporter Ryan Delaney. He joins us from Berlin. He's in Germany for one month. That's thanks to the Education Writers Association and the Pulitzer Center. Ryan, I understand you're still keeping an eye on your beat back home. Um, When kids start going back to school in the St. Louis public schools, do we have a sense of what kind of restrictions will be in place for them? Uh, A lot of the kind of thing that German schools here uh, experimented with uh, back in the spring, um, you know, students get their temperature taken. They get uh, kind of quizzed by an administrator when they show up at the door. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing pictures of desks spaced out with tape on the floors, uh, plexiglass dividers. Uh, a lot of kids will still only be coming back to school maybe two, three days a week on the uh, uh, hybrid or blended schedule. Um, and a lot of kids still opting to stay home. Mm-hmm. And and I understand it's the little kids who are coming back first uh, for the St. Louis public schools. Is anyone talking about a timeline for the oldest kids, the high school students at this point? Uh, not that I know of in, in St. Louis public, although high school students are starting to go back in St. Louis County. Um, Hancock Place I believe, this week is starting to bring high school students back. Uh, Rockwood and Afton are among those that have plans to. Um, of course, Jennings has started open uh, started the school year with its schools open to all age groups of s- students. But at the same time, you have some districts who are still fully remote, some that are planning in the next few days or weeks to open to just kindergarten through second grade. So it's really running the gamut, gamut in the St. Louis region. So as that all um, continues to move forward, as, as different schools are opening and, and trying new things, are there any practices that you've seen or heard about in Germany that you think our local schools could potentially benefit from? Uh, well, probably you know, uh, robust contact tracing, uh, good testing, that turns results around very quickly. Teachers here can get tested about every other week for free. Um, testers actually come to the school and, and swab staff. Um, you know, I have to talk a little bit about uh, ventilation of classrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very age-old German practice to ventilate your apartment, to open a window. Um, windows here even open in a special way just for uh, a slight breeze to come in. Um, <laughs> It's now officially part of coronavirus practice and policy. Uh, Schools are supposed to open windows every 20 minutes for about three to five minutes all day long. Wow. Um, They have this sort of mechanized. You've got to build that into your schedule. Yeah. One teacher told me that uh, he's got an app on his phone just to to buzz him every 20 minutes to remember to open the windows. So it's a lot. and obviously it's getting colder. It's late October here. So it was very easy to keep windows wide open uh, back in August when it was very warm. Uh, it was very easy to take kids outside as much as possible. 
Now you have uh, health and school officials telling students to come to class with blankets and winter coats. Um, because wow. it's going to get cold in rooms. So, um, you know, students are worried about their toes going numb. Teachers are worried about uh, kids being too cold to learn. But, um, you know, it's seen as this fresh air is seen as this very big key to reducing spread. That's interesting. So they will go to the point of having students bring in blankets in order to keep that fresh air circulating. Is that something you think St. Louis schools should try? It's, it's certainly contrary to the way we do things here in this country with our, our shutdown windows and air conditioning systems. Yeah, I think it's worth a try. You know, it's hard to know how much that rule will be followed come January when it's below freezing. A lot of teachers sort of laugh it off as being impractical to keep windows wide open and, and February. Um, although, you know, there is, I, I saw on social media, a conversation among American teachers about this now uh, conflicting guidance between keeping windows and doors open for ventilation to help with the coronavirus and then um, the security concerns that American schools have to deal with. Mm. It, it goes against law enforcement guidance uh, to help keep students safe from active shooters uh, to have windows and doors wide open. So it's uh, something that's not necessarily as easy in uh, American schools. Also, um, a lot of American schools are built to have uh, windows that don't open um, or air conditioning systems um, that might be old. Uh, so <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard to reconstruct and rebuild a, a school to be both safe from a, a shooter situation and safe from a coronavirus situation, uh, not something that was on a lot of architects' minds. So we'll mm. see how well it plays out. But um, I don't know. I, I like the fresh breeze. I've already adapted it, uh, opened my windows in the morning, let a little air in even um, you know, when it's 40 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> outside here. So, so you don't uh, even like have to be a, a student to adapt to this. This is something we could use in all levels of society if, if we could just get those windows open. Yeah, you know, I look across the courtyard and even when it's cold and drizzly out, I see, you know, half the windows of the apartment building across the way uh, with windows uh, propped open a little bit. So, um, you know, it's like I said, it's a very big part of culture here, although uh, one that's not always a fun. Um, some people, uh, you know, are, are more warm blooded than others. Hmm. Well, it's something we can all keep in mind as we head into these colder months here in, in St. Louis. It's always good to learn about how people are doing things elsewhere. So St. Louis Public Radio reporter Ryan Delaney, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. Good to talk to you. Yeah. And, and good luck as you continue your next few weeks there checking things out in Germany. Thank you very much. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.